Welcome to the JNO Podcast. And we got some exciting, exciting news for you guys. You guys have been asking us for more content, and me and Josh, we were brainstorming, and we came up with the perfect solution. These new uh, episodes are going to be called JNO Bite Size. And what JNO Bite Size is are 15 to 20 minute episodes where we, we're going to introduce new segments and we're going to be answering some fan mail and it, just a whole bunch of new fun stuff. And it's it's just going to be so cool to interact more with you guys, the fans, and as I like to call you, family. Absolutely. And what makes Bite Size so unique is that we are going to be like our normal episodes. There's a lot of research involved. There's a mm-hmm. lot of prep, um, as you guys can imagine. And the idea of Bite Size is that these are kind of just more casual conversations. We're going to be talking about topics that you guys have written in about um, well, you know, what you want to hear. And you guys can listen to these on your commute. You can listen to these at lunch. You can listen to these when you just need a little bit of you time. That's the entire principle behind Bite Size. Yeah, with Bite Size, we're going to be doing a whole lot of fun stuff. And the first segment that we are actually introducing is called Dear Nat. Ugh. My brother, what was that, Josh? Nothing. I just, I I didn't kind of approve of this, and I don't even know if you even bothered asking the other guys, but I just think this is a disaster waiting to happen, but you do what you want, you guys. No, no, Josh, you know how much fan mail that Nat's been getting. People I know, have been, I know. And people have been asking him for advice and, you know, all this different stuff, and I thought it'd be cool that Nat can interact with the fans, too, one-on-one. Okay, you know what? I, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna withhold judgment until I see how it goes. So why don't we just throw it over to Nat? Okay, I'm gonna be sending you to Nat Norton Studio, where uh, Nat has some advice to give all you guys. Dear Nat, dear Nat, you are so cool and smart. I need your advice. Welcome back, turds! It's Nat at the controls of the House of Real! So my brother talked to me recently and said, Yay, come on, Nat, like, we really need some content, we can't think of nothing, like, we're stupid, we got our fingers up our ass all day picking our butts. So, I had the idea, all my idea, I said, you know what, people today... So they're so stupid. They don't know shit. They don't know nothing. They don't know their left from their right foot. So how about people write questions in and I'll answer them. I'll give them my very, very finely tuned worldview. And we're going to go to the gnat bag right now. The first question comes from Rich in Providence. Rich, how you doing? And he says, dear gnat, I want to get into Led Zeppelin. Where should I start? I'm going to tell you something, Rich. My honest advice? Don't! They nicked their whole act from the Stones. Stones were doing blues-based rock when the guys in Zeppelin just learned to grease their weasels. So, Rick, walk your ass down to your local record store, buy everything from the Stones, from their self-titled debut, right on down through Tattoo You, on vinyl, how they intended it to be heard, then shove them all up your fucking ass! Sticky fingers might give you a little trouble. It's got that zipper on the cover and all, but just keep pushing. And it'll leave it to your discretion if you want to put emotional rescue in there. That includes their brief foray into disco, but it's still got some songs on it that rip. If you don't already own these records, you're an idiot of the first degree, and I'm done with you. 
Thanks for writing in. All right, what else do we got here? Let me rustle through this bag. All right, this one comes from Tim and Bismarck. Tim and Bismarck says, I don't know where the fuck Bismarck is. Don't really care, to be honest with you, but thanks for writing in, Tim. You keep it real, and I appreciate that. All right? Anywho, I'm thinking about going back to school to hopefully make more money. What do you think? Is it going to be weird being a 39-year-old freshman? All right, Tim, I'm going to level with you, all right? Let me ask you a question. Does it make sense to pay 40 G's to get a piece of paper to make less than the average union laborer? Maybe you don't care about that because mommy and dad, you'll be footing the bill. I did not have that luxury. And maybe you want to have your ass glued to a desk chair until you retire at 65 and then drop dead three years later from hypertension and diabetes while some of us actually want to be out there building the world that we all got to live in. And let's say you do go back to school. You think any of that hot young coons is going to want anything to do with your old impotent ass? Come on. Use your brain, Tim. Get off your ass and go to work. You know what? I'm done doing favors for people. I'm done, I'm done with this question. Someone needs to screen this shit. I'm not going to do this for anybody. If this is how I'm going to be paid back, it's a waste of my time, and I'm just, I'm, I'm done. All right? I think he's done. Yeah, that's about uh, how I thought that was going to go. So, um, we, I honestly don't think it would be a good idea to continue that but uh, everybody else out there listening if you guys disagree make sure to let us know on social media because you know what we you know we cater to the fans um again i don't personally like it but you guys want to hear more of it then that's what we'll do and and i want to the the last question that nat when he went off on that huge rant about uh the gentleman wanting to go back to school to provide a better living for his family I don't think it's anything to be ashamed of to uh, go back to school later in life. Absolutely not. So, you know, if any of you guys out there are thinking about, you know, going back to school, you know, going to community college or doing a trade and and you want to better your life for you and your family, we're all for it at the JNO podcast. Absolutely. And if you guys are still listening, you guys didn't turn off and I'm talking to Tim, um, I believe who was in Bismarck and uh, Rick in Providence. You know, again, Nat Norton's views belong solely uh, to Nat Norton. They don't reflect our views mm-hmm. at all. We love you guys. Thank you. Please keep listening. Um, and, you know, what can I say? And, yeah, and Rick, if you want a good uh, jumping off point for uh, Led Zeppelin, I would recommend Led Zeppelin 2 and Led Zeppelin 4, uh, which is also known as Zoso. Those, I think those are good. I think those are, those are classics. I'm not the biggest Led Zeppelin fan in the world, but I think those would be good jumping off points for you. So, Rick, thanks, Tim. Thank you, too. Josh, again, we've been getting a lot of fan mail. And the last episode with the Heroic Man movie that we made, we kind of talked a lot about us working in uh, my father's accounting office for, you know, during the making of it. And people were asking, hey, can you tell us some stories about, you know, who you guys worked with? They thought it was funny with the Mr. Buchanan stuff and and the clients and all that stuff yeah i gotta tell you my dms were flooded people said like you we have to know more about this mr buchanan guy because i can just tell by the way you guys are talking there's got to be a treasure trove of stories behind that you know jason and i talked and we said you know what makes sense for our first bite size um you know let's share some of our favorite mr buchanan stories yeah there's a ton of them guys so mr buchanan's definitely going to get brought up uh later on too probably on more bite size episodes 
So, but let's give them a taste of some of the funny stuff with Mr. Buchanan. All right, Jason. I mean, what like uh, I mean, what was your one of your favorite first thing that came to mind when um, you know we went back and you know thought about Mr. Buchanan again? And one of the funniest stories I can remember off the top of my head is the time. Remember when we had those donuts in the back? Oh yeah. Yeah, it, it was summer and summer. It's an older office, so you know you get ants and stuff, especially when the donuts were like left opened. <laughs> and sitting on the counter for probably four to six weeks yeah so one day like me and josh were back they were kind of cleaning up the you know the kitchen area and i noticed there was probably like a hundred ants in this thing so i was like disgusted so i went and grabbed some raids sprayed like the donuts that were left in there there's probably about four or five i was just like dousing them in this raid <laughs> And, you know, I was like trying to smash some of the, you know, ants and stuff like that. And then I threw it in the trash can and me and Josh went to the front of the office. Mr. Buchanan, little to our knowledge was we had a, in the back of the office, there was also like a toilet where Mr. Buchanan actually (laughs) broke that toilet. (laughs) He didn't break it on this day, but he was back there like taking a dump without us knowing. I don't know how we would have like known, but... So, like, anyways, me and Josh, like, in the front, and all of a sudden, Mr. Buchanan comes up, licking his freaking fingers, and it's like, what the hell? And he had a piece of, like, the donut, like, in his hand. We're like, there's no way in hell that guy just ate donut covered in raid. So, me and Josh run back to the kitchen area, look in the trash can. The donut box had been opened. There's still, like, some of the paper towel and stuff where I had smashed some of the ants. (laughs) 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 And, like, the four or five donuts, you know, had went missing. So, Mr. Buchanan had, I don't know how the guy survived it, but had eaten (laughs) four or five full-size donuts with covered in raiden ants, dead ants. Guessing this is where being, uh, you know, morbidly obese, like, came to his aid. Because, yeah, that that douse of raid or that dose of raid for, like, a normal human being, you would have probably, yeah, been, you know, probably dead within 20 to 30 minutes. So, um, yeah, and it was actually even worse than that because, like, we went back there, we put the donuts in the trash, and then we sprayed the counter that the donuts were on because there was ants all over the place, and then put the na- oh, put those gross. on top of the donut box in the trash. So that means, like, there had to be rummage. So he probably went to the counter, saw that the donuts weren't there, thought, <laughs> oh, someone must have thrown the donuts away, dug the paper towels out from the top of the trash, found the donuts, took them out, like saw that there was paper towel even in there with dead ants on them and then ate like i mean there was just like there were so many steps that would have made this so easily avoidable. yeah but you you gotta i mean the guy had just probably taken an enormous dump so he was starving <laughs> <laughs> i mean those donuts were like f- f- at least four or five days old so they're stale too so i mean not only are you eating like raid donuts <laughs> Like poisonous donuts with dead ants all over them. <laughs> like covered in like paper towel. Like wet paper towel, like doused in more raid. Right. With a, like, like, and the, the donuts are also stale as shit. You think so, once I mean, your tongue touched like this unbelievably unpleasant, bitter taste, you know, that, you know, has your synopses screaming like, you know, don't eat this, that you would just stop. But again, it's a sin to waste food. And Mr. Buchanan, that was kind of a principle that he lived by. I think about it whenever like somebody brings in donuts to our office, but is there anything, (laughs) was there any stories you can remember about the guy? I know he wasn't that ridiculous. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, when we said we wanted to do a, a a quick, uh, a bite size episode on him, um, I thought, geez, like that's going to be tough. Cause I mean, we're going to have to kind of, you know, we're going to have to whittle down how many stories we have. 
Um, the first one that came to my mind, though, was um, we had a woman that came in and I believe, you know, they were um, she was essentially acting as the, you know, I don't know if she would have been like the executor of his estate or what, but her husband had just passed away, I think, honestly, the week before. I mean, it was something very, like very, very fresh. And like this was not an older woman. This was, you know, probably, you know, maybe late 40s. So I'm, I'm assuming that this death was a sudden and unexpected event, um, you know, very mm-hmm. probably tragic. Um, and she came in and she was kind of talking to uh, Mr. Buchanan about, you know, what needed to be done to get, you know, their affairs sorted out and, you know, um, you know, any of the finances dealt with. And um, Mr. Buchanan, you know, just being the um, the very, you know, demure gentleman that he was, um, you know, started talking. And she was, you know, I think she would even share because I was listening from the next office and she had been sharing kind of intermittently stories about you know, how, you know, her and her husband used to do this and how, you know, he was you know, like, you just sound like a really good guy, you know, really sweet yeah. guy. And like how she, you know, is pretty much like you could tell this was still a woman who was dealing with a lot of grief. Um, yeah, of Mr. Course. Buchanan saw this as the appropriate time to talk about, you know, and then his way of relating to this was to say, you know what I do when I'm, you know, feeling really stressed out and like the world's coming down on me. I go in the shower and I have, uh, you know, those little shower radios, and I put on some smooth jazz. And I just stand there, and I let the water, and I put the water on hot. Not so hot that it's, you know, scalding me, but I put the water on hot, where it creates a good steam. And I just stand there, and I let the water roll down my back. Which, again, if you knew what Mr. Buchanan looked like, that would be an absolutely <laughs> grotesque, you know, mental image. And this woman is sitting here looking at him saying these words. Um and it's clearly, you know, he's he's talking in a manner where it's it's obvious that he's, you know, essentially trying to pick up this woman whose husband had di- probably died five days previous by talking about his fat, naked body in the shower, <laughs> listening to smooth jazz. And like, and she kind of tried to feign, you know, a little bit of interest or like try to feign like, oh, yeah, like that sounds nice. Maybe I'll try that. And then he, then he just kept kind of, you know, interject, like, again, not realizing like it was kind of time to stop. And so, like, oh, yeah, that's what you got to do. Like, make again, make sure you don't put it on too hot. You know, you don't want to get burned. But, you know, don't it's- turn up that music too loud. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a perfect balance. Like, there's an absolutely perfect, you know, water temperature and smooth jazz volume to have while you're in the shower. Just and it like, and you can just feel, you can just feel feel your worries and you can feel your troubles just kind of washing away. So that was, um, you know, the first thing that came to mind after not having thought about Mr. Buchanan in a while. And, um, you know, well, there was another funny story. What has to do with temperature. I wasn't there, but you always tell me the <laughs> <Yeah>. story. <laughs> okay. So yeah, may as well go right into that one. So, um, we were at the office and, Again, this is where I really like, I mean, I was going to college at this time. And this is where I was like thinking like this fucking college degree better pay off because I can't spend my life working around like working with a person like this because it was just like it just started to become too much. It was so you started to realize like your place in the world was like you were so fucking low on the ladder. It wasn't even funny. So we were sitting there and um Mr. Buchanan, you know, was at the desk across the thing. And, he, you know, we're just sitting there. It's pretty it's quiet. And then he just says, you want a steak, bub? I said, well, you know, it's like, you know, two 30 in the afternoon or something. So it's not quite lunch, not quite dinner. Um, it's perfect. Steak time. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you know, I, I'm going to get a steak, but I haven't had a steak in a while. And you know, it just like, sometimes a guy just wants a steak. And I said, okay, no, no, thanks. I, you know, I appreciate it. 
And uh, so he calls Caraba's Italian Grill, which was, you know, probably, you know, a quarter mile down the road from us. And he calls them and for some reason on speakerphone and which already made no sense. And then he starts talking to him and he says, like, hello, I would like to order an eight ounce uh, sirloin steak cooked medium rare um, with an internal temperature of 170 degrees. And like, what is is he talking about? And like, you could tell the girl on the phone, which is probably, you know, obviously, you know, a 19 to 20 year old girl just doing like her part time job was like trying not to laugh at this complete (laughs) fucking jackass who was sitting there like giving these ridiculous instructions. So she's, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm sorry, what was that, sir? I would like to order an eight ounce sirloin steak with an internal temperature of 170 (laughs) degrees, which again, that may not be the real degrees. I'm sure it was probably higher, but that's just the, you know, first number that came into my mind. And, um, so she says, and again, like, again, trying to, you know, with you know trying to keep the laughter at bay says like uh okay <laughs> um okay you know is that for carry out is that you know like a whatever and then um he's oh yeah 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 well, i'll pick it up and um what do you uh you know what do you recommend i tip on something like that and she says i i don't know it's a 12 dollar steak meal <laughs> yeah. um so and she said i yeah she goes um we're really not allowed to you know we're not supposed to give guidelines on you know how much a customer should tip which he probably thought at this point like this guy's being so ridiculous he's probably like a secret shopper or something and yeah. um you know and he just he kept going like, well no i mean you know like just between me and you right we're just talking you know we're just having a friendly conversation um you know how much would someone normally like i'm like in an uh if you know you had a table where someone ordered this like how much would they tip on that and she says i you sir i you know you tip whatever you think is fair so i mean she's actually being very you know very very professional um you know given the person that she was dealing with and then you know, she kind of just gives that answer again, probably hoping he says, oh, okay. And then he goes, well, how about, you know, $3? With $3, do you think that would be a sufficient <laughs> tip for uh, for a steak like that? And she said, I, I don't, um, I mean, I again, I that's probably, yeah, that's probably fine. I mean, what, again, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, though, whatever you think, whatever you, whatever <laughs> you want to tip, sir, that's completely up to you. Um, and so, yeah, he just wouldn't let it go. So, I mean, it was really... Uh, I, you know, obviously, uh, a case of someone trying to act like they were a big shot, but again, like, yeah, ordering, you know, a $12 steak mm-hmm. and then, you know, talking about leaving a $3 tip on that steak was <laughs> not, the, not the most impressive <laughs> thing. I don't know, Josh, that's, what is that, like 25 it, 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 I mean, so. it's not a bad yeah, tip on 12 bucks. I will say that, tip. but at the same, I mean, at the same time, this is, again, it, it, it wasn't, you know, as, um, as I think impressive as he has intended it to be. Yeah, he was kind of a, a little bit of a ridiculous person. And he, I remember one time I had to go with him because we were, I think we were meeting with my dad about a, like a potential client. And we got there a little bit early and it was just me and uh, Mr. Buchanan like waiting, like in his car, which was like a piece of shit, like 20 <laughs> something. What was that? It was like a, it, wasn't... it was some shitty car. He always said when it was like new, when he bought it was like 70 grand. Like Oldsmobile Alero. I do remember. Okay, that. so yeah, so it was like a '97 Oldsmobile, whatever, Alero or whatever. There's no way in hell that thing costs like seventy grand. It had like an AM radio in it only. <laughs> so, anyways, we're like waiting in his car, and he's because he had worked in Vegas at a casino called Lady Luck. <laughs> <Yeah, that laughs> as well, yes. 
Yeah. So he was telling me about, I, I we must've been talking about wrestling or he must've overheard us talking about wrestling at one point. Cause he said when he worked at the lady luck, that's where all the wrestlers <laughs> stayed. <laughs> Even though their events at Caesar's palace, they're staying at the lady luck. <laughs> 20 miles off the strip. <laughs> So he was telling me, you know, that he met all the big wrestlers and like Hulk Hogan was always trying to get him to upgrade his room to suite for free. <laughs> he said Macho Man Randy Savage always had Queen Elizabeth carry all his luggage. He would never help her, which I was like, yeah, right. Give me a break. And then uh, this was nice to know. He was actually best friends with Big John Studd. <laughs> so, so I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I didn't believe a freaking word he was saying because he kept on saying like, you know, when he, when they lost John and stuff, like him and his wife are still real close and all this stuff like that. So I was like, why lie to me about this? Like, it's it's it, it didn't make any sense. And then he also told me at the Lady Luck in the lounge, they have James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he said, oh, yeah. And uh, James Brown was uh, performing and me and James were real close. And he was performing, and when he was doing it, I was just enjoying the music. And he was, actually, he called me up. He was like, Buchanan, get your butt up, you boy! And I actually had to go up there and dance and sing with him. Yeah, that didn't happen either. So, so me and Josh were like, what the hell is this Lady Luck place? The place isn't around anymore. Yeah. And we looked it up. It just looked like a dump. There's no way in hell any actual performers like James Brown, like wrestlers were staying yeah, I, at this place. Ever. I don't th- honestly, it was funny because uh, like within a year or two of him telling us about this, like I, I was watching an episode of that Forensic Files show and they, it was a case that happened in Vegas and they kind of just used just random stock footage of like, you know, pretty much, you know how they do that where like the cameras just pointed essentially out like out of a car window and they're showing just like, you know, whatever the local, yeah. you know, whatever the local scenes are. And it must have, I mean, obviously this case must have happened in a shitty port of Vegas because you didn't see like the Venetian or, you know, Caesar's Palace or something, but they they drove by and yeah. they showed, um, the I saw the Lady Luck Casino. I mean, this was a clip from probably the 80s or something. And I honestly don't even think it was two <laughs> stories. Like it looked like the storefront of like, <laughs> essentially just like an inconvenience mart that had like a few slot machines in it. So they called themselves a casino. Like it looked like a complete <laughs> shithole. Well, no, James Brown would uh, perform. Right, and too, I know James so. Brown wasn't, like, always, you know, I don't think he was probably packing houses like he was, like, in the late 60s, but I highly doubt that he had to sink to the depths of the Lady Luck Casino. <laughs> like, I yeah. just, I... I mean, if you guys actually had ever went to the Lady Luck Casino and actually seen James <laughs> Brown perform or watched uh, Macho Man Randy Savage have Queen Elizabeth go lug all of his luggage... And uh, just let us know. Let us know what that place was like uh, when it was, I guess, ruling Vegas at one yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, these are again, these are opinions. We don't know. We weren't around at the time, so yeah. I mean, we could easily be proven wrong, but we're just kind of, kind of using our deduction skills here. Just knowing Mr. Buchanan, we 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 didn't believe a word he ever said. Mm. So, so should we cut it off there? I mean, we have probably fifty million other stories <laughs> we could probably tell about the guy, but yeah. And I mean, I think we got um, you know more stories about other clients that we'll be adding to future episodes. A lot of material to bring to you guys, and we're not only going to be talking about this. If you guys got any topics you want to hear us talk about, just make sure to get at us at uh, J and O Podcast, all spelled out on Twitter or Instagram or jandopodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, guys, and if you don't mind supporting the movement, uh, please, on Twitter and all that stuff, use the hashtag, hashtag jandopodcast, bite size.